There's an old saying that says comedy equals tragedy plus time. But there's no amount of time that could pass to make what happened in our nation's capital funny. Almost a week ago, a mob of thousands stormed the Capitol building and disrupted Congress as it was about to approve the results of the 2020 presidential election. For the first time, we saw senators, representatives, and even the vice president fear for their lives as they were ushered out of their chambers to safe locations while protesters ransacked and pillaged. Now, five people are dead. Twitter has banned Donald Trump for life. And the Democrats are pushing impeachment against the same president for a second time, which is a first. So, what in the hell just happened? And how do we explain it to our students? We'll talk about that today on this episode. This is the Words with Wizards podcast. Your look at the world through the lens of West Warwick High School. It's where we talk to interesting people, visit cool places, and sometimes hit on a big story. And at the end of it all, you'll learn a little more about what's going on in the land of the orange and black. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And now, here's your host. A man who thinks Santa accidentally missed his house, Mr. Eric White. Hi there, and welcome to the show. This is episode 15, and today is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. Happy New Year, West Warwick High School and surrounding community. I'm your host, Eric White, media broadcasting teacher here at the high school, and we have a great show for you today. The Focus is on something we have all been asking ourselves lately. Just what in the hell happened in Washington, D.C. last Wednesday? And, as a history teacher, how do I explain it to my students? I sat down with one of my fellow history teachers at the high school to talk about the historical significance of last week's events and what happens next. Brenda Johnson, a social studies teacher at the high school, a friend of mine for many years, and uh, she uh, teaches world history, which is in the ninth grade curriculum, current issues, and sociology. Thank you very much for being here today. Pleasure to be here, Mr. Uh, excellent, White. Excellent. I just wanted to uh, chat with another history peep about uh, what's happened in the Capitol and, you know, just take a little bit of a different direction with it. Uh, we saw what happened. People listening to this podcast saw what happened and have their opinions uh, about what happened. But really, let's take a look at the historical significance of what's happened. I mean, uh, I mean, you had some points that you had told me you wanted to bring up about, um, you know, basically the, the, the transfer of power has been from one administration to another has been peaceful going back to the election of uh of 1800 when um john adams was the first president to lose a re-election bid to uh thomas jefferson and him and his people got up and left 
And that's the way it's been until now. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way it's going to be. But the, it didn't seem like it was much of an issue. When you were in high school and I was in high school, we never thought, well, what if the person who loses doesn't leave? We It, I, it never entered my mind, of course. You know, it happens. That's the kind of stuff that happens in other countries, in third world countries. That that doesn't happen yeah. here. And yet we had uh, we had this storming of the Capitol uh, happening recently. So what uh, what are some uh, thoughts that you come out of that with? Yeah, it's. I mean, the the last year has been tumultuous and a lot of conflict with um with government. Um, and I was thinking, what happened last January sixth, um, the last time in uh, twenty sixteen, and and Biden actually um presided. He was in the Senate chambers, and it took thirty five minutes to for them to decide and to certify the electoral votes. Um, so for this to have happened is just insane, right? I mean, it was televised. I was thinking, how am I supposed to tell students this? I'm going to, I'm going to try and find a video or, you know, a, a YouTube video or something of it um, from four years ago, how it should have gone. And it doesn't exist because it's usually not televised. It's usually not a big deal. It happens and it's just understood that it happened and, that's it. <laughs> exactly. This is uh, what you might call what, what we might refer to as a rubber stamp. We'd like to recognize a couple of sponsors for the media broadcasting and journalism pathway at the high school. Gold Star Retirement and Insurance and Alex Smith. When your family buys insurance through Gold Star, you help build a sustainable resource for Rhode Island educators. The Gold Star team delivers. Everybody deserves peace of mind. Contact Alex Smith at alex.smith at horusman.com. That's H-O-R-A-C-E-M-A-N-N dot com. And the Arctic Playhouse, located at 117 Washington Street in West Warwick. Links to both businesses are at the bottom of the YouTube version of this podcast. Now, back to the show. It's a done deal, and the, the place to challenge this is the courts and it was challenged in the courts and it, and it lost and something else. Um, the only coverage I've ever seen of this event uh, is uh, was at the beginning of Fahrenheit nine 11. If okay. you recall uh, when the, the, we had the controversial race with uh, Al Gore and uh, George W. Bush uh, when it all came down to Florida and it was about a month before it was decided. And Al Gore, ironically, was the vice president at the time, and he had to preside over this very same uh, this very same proceeding. Uh, and there was a little bit of dissension. There was some chanting from mm -hmm. the Democrats in the room, but they did it. It was nothing like what we saw. Uh, you know, I don't know how many minutes it took. I mean, 35 minutes, that, that would have been great. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to be 35 minutes this time around because of the uh, dissensions. Uh, but uh, I think I, I have to, uh, I have to applaud those uh, lawmakers who decided after what, after what had happened, happened that they were just going to drop, you know, their contest, uh, contesting it and let it go through. I mean, right. know, they, they all didn't do that, but I think maybe it serves as something to bring us together. Right. Yeah. 
And I mean, and one of a principle that I think we forget as Americans, and that just is was blaring to me with this is, um, in our democratic republic. So we're not a direct democracy, and you know, in a democratic republic, we have representatives who who represent our thoughts and feelings. It's not a, 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 a you know popular vote for everything. Um, one of the principles of having a, a democracy or a democratic republic for that matter is to accept the outcomes of elections right that's our civic duty you know we can we can have in america we we always um focus on our rights we have freedom of speech the right to protest petition etc cetera, etc cetera. we have a responsibility too and that is to accept free and fair elections to accept the outcomes of these elections and that hasn't been done. So um, for people to call themselves patriots or protesters, no, I, in my head, I can't use either of those terms for the people who sieged our capital. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's the opposite of, <laughs> of yeah. the, you know, the, you have to accept, the, accept things for what they are. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the First Amendment, if I'm not mistaken, is the right to peacefully assemble. Uh, right. And that certainly was not peacefully. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, there are several people in the media who said that this event proves dem democracy is fragile. And I thought it really does. Uh, not that the government's going to collapse, but just how easily things can get off track, uh, even in a strong democracy like this. Do you think that this pointed out that uh, democracy is really something we have to nurture and take care of? Well, yeah, uh, abso absolutely. Um, yeah, I, we. That's the piece I think that um, that's missing in Americans, maybe in general, um, their civic duty. You know, part of the democracy is is our responsibility, and we can't just create um, the narratives that we want to believe or change and fabricate things that we want to believe. Um, and yeah, I would say yes, it is. It is fragile. This showed how fragile it was. It shows how fragile the people are as well. How, how fragile Americans may be as well, even though they come out uh, with forcefully. Um, to me, it shows how fragile and, and weak they must be feeling. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good way to put it. It's an interesting way to put it. Uh, we definitely have divisions in this country. I mean, we had like uh, about 74, 75 million people vote for Trump and about 80, 81 million or so vote for, for Biden. But that is... You know, that's about a, near a 50-50 split. They don't let me teach math anymore, but that's near a 50-50 split. And it, it's it's unsettling when I think about it that there are that many people in this country that think differently. You know, even if they don't, they don't have to believe what I believe. They don't have to, you know, believe uh, everything I believe. But just the fact that they're we're so deeply divided. Uh, do you remember, do you ever remember a time since you've been around that uh, this country was that deeply, this deeply divided as it is today? Um, fortunately, no. I mean, the um, 
the biggest division that I've seen, you know, in the early 80s, 80s, 90s is, um, you know, race riots, you know, Cal LA, that kind of thing. Um, but as as far as political, you know, left, right, Democrat, Republic, Republican kind of thing, um, not that I can recall, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, 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 uh, one of the classes you teach is sociology, and you had brought up some interesting things that about the psychological perspective of this, uh, of this whole thing. Um, and about, you know, the, 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 the world today moves very quickly and the attention span seems to be getting shorter and shorter. We've got a world that communicates through memes, emoticons, tweets, you know, 140, 280 characters. How does that affect the way everybody interacts with everybody else and in this technology? How does it affect what's happening right now? Yeah, well, I think we, we're seeing it unravel. If you're, you know, a conscious, aware person, um, you know, I, I try and instill in students, you know, limit limit the time, have actual conversations. Um, I think it desensitizes people and makes us less compassionate, less um, less eager to see another person's point of view because you're not looking at another person. You're looking at your own device and you're not seeing another living human being that you're interacting with. I mean, um, big, significant, um, important things are being communicated through tweets. I mean, we, we heard from President Trump through a tweet while his Capitol building was sieged by a tweet. Um, and that just trickles down to other, you know, other officials using tweets to do certain things. Um, I think it desensitizes us. It leaves way too much um, room for interpretation, and we get reactionary. And sometimes it's off base. Sometimes it, it is, you know, it is what it was supposed to be. But um, there's no, you know, it. it communicating like that can't, isn't sustainable for a successful society. I mean, mm -hmm. um, and I think in this century, now that we're in this, you know, this, this phase in technology, I don't think there's any turning back. Um, but moving forward, we have to kind of clean it up because um, I mean, especially with this event, let's call it, um, there's so much trash going on in on YouTube and Twitter right now and excerpts from this and that and parts of videos that people took on their phones inside and outside the Capitol building. Um, and people are putting their own dialogue to it, their own story to it. And then others who are just seeking information quick because our attention spans, like you said, are short. They're taking it and running with it and then having a reaction to it, be it a physical reaction, either retweeting, sharing, or an emotional reaction. Um, it's just not healthy. It's not healthy. Um, uh, I, I would I would definitely agree. And one thing, uh, I, and I think this is so interesting that you brought this up, because you know, when I, I graduated from college with a degree in journalism, and that was back before we had Twitter, before people used email. Uh, I wasn't writing on a stone slab, but it was pretty clear. And we didn't, you know, now 
there was always a sense of being first with a story and that was successful. Now, reporters and even people who aren't reporters who are popular bloggers, you know, uh, popular media figures are going out there with tweets before they verify the facts. And that is so dangerous. That is so mm -hmm. dangerous. That's one of the things in, in my media broadcasting class, accuracy above all else. Then that's not what's happening when, you know, I don't care if you're right wing, left wing. I mean, yeah, left wing people can be just as bad sometimes. And, and I think CNN goes out of its way to go after Trump much of the time. I feel like I'm, you know, I, I feel like I'm being preached to instead of reported to yeah. uh, on both sides. I'll flip on, you know, I watch CNN more than Fox, but I'll flip on the other side to see what they have to say. You know, as we were talking a little bit about that before we came on. But I mean, people, one of the things that's beautiful about this country is people have a right to disagree. I don't always want to hear what they have to say, but I enjoy the fact that there is disagreement. There is disagreement. There are people who stand up and say, wait a minute, that's not the way we should be doing it. And, you know, they may drag the meetings on longer, but America needs people like that who in a constructive way. Yes. Things out. Not people who say, well, that's fake news. And, you know, I mean, I think the term fake news uh, is very um, universal and it's quick and it's catchy. Uh, but what fake news really is has been lost in all of this. And the cancel culture, it's amazing. I mean, we tell we tell our students who write papers that they need to uh, put facts to back up their points. And uh, people out there are just saying, no, it's not true. Cancel. That's it. No fact. You know, with, you know, the, the election was rigged. No facts. I mean, I, I really think a lot of people out there don't know what evidence looks like that would support right. something like that. You know, and, the, and these videos, as you had alluded to before, they can be edited. I mean, I edit videos all the time. You can edit a video or an interview to come off several different ways and it's not difficult. So, and yeah, go ahead. No, you're right. I mean, yeah, media bias, I think, um, has caused people to look at alternative sources, underground sources, if you will, um, that that have their own biases and can go in many directions um, aside from mainstream media because there is valid and very uh, measurable media bias. You know, you turn on one thing, you turn on another, it's blatant bias. So people, you know, they want juicier stuff. They know they know other things are existing if if people dig deeper and then they take it upon themselves. But there's a lot of, there's so much garbage out there. And, they, and it's difficult. It's difficult even for intelligent people. And there are a lot of intelligent people that I know who support, you know, who 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 voted for Trump and, you know, people I respect who voted for Trump. And I can understand that, you, you know, a lot of times people vote for the policies, they vote for the party. And I think where I get turned off is where they try to defend the stuff that's go the the stuff that's going on. I mean, I haven't heard anybody try to defend what happened a couple of days ago, but when I see a reasonably intelligent person say, "Oh, that's not what he meant," yeah. uh, yes, yes, it is, <laughs> or it it sure sounded like it, you know. And this is you know people in my family, and I I know many people 
who have family members, close friends who are on the other side. That's when I say, you know, divided, we really are. I mean, I just don't talk about politics with a lot of people because I know it's not going to end well. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think on Wednesday, you, you put it earlier, you know, as divisive as we are, and that's okay. You know, if, if we were close to 50-50, hey, that's, that's a good competitive, um, you know, American way, right? Um, a 50-50 split almost on this presidential election. That does not warrant a federal you know, federal criminal acts, right? Like you, you can disagree and you cannot be uh, happy with the outcome of an election, but you cannot commit federal crimes and siege the Capitol building in no way, shape or form. Is that okay? And I actually have um, seen people, not that I know, thank goodness, but I have seen people in tweets and things just in following different stories of people defending what happened Wednesday, Americans. And I, 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 you know, and these are the same people who may chant, if you don't like this country, get out, right? But yet they're sieging the Capitol building where our legislative branch um, does their business. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's hypocrisy at its, yeah. It, it really is. And I, I was shocked. I mean, I was I was doing my job distance teaching, but I did have the TV on in the background silently, <laughs> which I usually don't do while I'm doing a meet. Yeah. Uh, and so I was uh, I had uh, uh, me and me and Mr. Harmon were teaching our U.S. History two class. And I, I wasn't commenting on anything, but I just saw them in the rotunda going through. And they, at, at first it looked like they were casually going through as if they were let in. And wow. I've been to D.C. Me and my daughter, Eva, went to D.C. a couple of years ago. And, you know, we didn't go in there. But I thought, well, maybe they're just letting him in. And, and it looked fairly peaceful at first, at first. But then it just turned into a bleep show. And I was so surprised that they got in where they weren't supposed to get in because the security is better than that. But they got overwhelmed. And there's all sorts of issues with how they handled it. Um yeah. You know, and do you know, were they aggressive enough? Uh, you know, uh, did they, um, should the police have fought harder to put people on the ground and stuff like that? But even that aside, I was shocked that they were able to walk right in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Once that, whatever door that was got breached, it was sort of, yeah, just an open, an open door. Yeah, I know there's about in doing some research over it. I said, you know, how could this happen? We know our our, our defense spending, right? Um, there's about 2,000, 2,300 Capitol Police, depending on, and their their federal officers. How many people were there? Um, I tried to look at a. I think a, it, was, it was over a hundred thousand, I believe. They, they were outnumbered big time. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean. Any policemen, if they're outnumbered, I mean, there was there was one clip of a supporter of this saying, oh, some officers even showed them the way to offices in the building, like maybe Pelosi's office or whatever that got ransacked and vandalized. Um, so without any, you know, without any sound, they took this picture of they took this video. Seeing the whole thing with sound this African-American 
Capitol policemen inside the halls in of uh, the Capitol building. So there was marble around and it's it's been on the news since, but I saw it before it was even on the news just from people tweeting and whatnot. Um, look, this guy led him. He he was outnumbered. He He's facing people that have carried the Confederate flag through our Capitol building who have racial things on their t-shirts he's faced with this group of people at the bottom of the stairs and he has, I don't know how many rounds are in his, his gun. Right. Um, so he was, calling, you know, he was calling for backup yeah. <laughs> while he was pr proceeding up the stairs just to protect himself. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I've seen that. And I think all he had, uh, is that the one where he had a, the, the officer had a nightstick? Uh, it seemed that that was, yeah, he picked it up off the floor. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I've seen that. And then he he runs up a flight of stairs and then stops him. He he delayed those people, uh, you know, uh, which was a service in itself. But yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of it all, you're a human being, and you're outnumbered by that many other human beings. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty messy. <laughs> it was pretty messy, and people have um their opinions about it. I want to thank you for coming on, and I really you know just looking at the at the societal impacts of this, I think is very interesting. And now with, will they impeach? Will, won't they impeach? I did look up the, the 25th amendment, which um, was uh, passed in 71, I think. And it basically the way that it works. No, I don't have it up anymore. Uh, is basically the, um, the cabinet would have to vote Mm -hmm. to take the president out of power. But if the president or if the cabinet and the president and the vice president disagree, then it goes to Congress and they need a, I believe two thirds, uh, two thirds majority to do that. So um, I, and, and there's less than two weeks left. There's less yeah. than two weeks left. So it's kind of like, why? I mean, do you want, you know, do you want to hold them accountable hold the president accountable as you think he, sh as some people think he should be, or many people think he should be, or do you want this to go away? <laughs> you well, know, his cabinet members resigned. Um, yeah. Education yeah. and secretary and, and transportation. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how they would vote that out. If it would be majority or they would get fit. You know, yeah. Yeah. I believe it is a majority. Right. And, uh, out of how many are left, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just, a mess. It's going to be a mess right up until the last day, but at least we have the president acknowledging he's going to leave on January 20th. So at least something good has come out of this. Even if if he said that willingly or had to be forced to say it, whatever. But the Constitution's, yeah. crystal, Constitution's crystal clear, January 20th. Right. That's the day it happens. You know, the next person comes in. So, well, anything else you want to add? I think we've talked a lot about this. I want to thank you for coming on again and, um, yeah, just to end on a semi-positive note, I mean, I'm hopeful. Um, you know, when when America faces things like this, it, it gives us time to just give pause and reflect and say, "Wow, who are we as a people?" and um, and what do we need? What you know, what problems do we have? How are we going to solve them? And hopefully, just move forward from this mess. Um, I mean, the divide is not going to you know stitch itself up overnight. So we have, a, I, th I feel like we have a lot of work to do. Um, a lot of awareness <laughs> has to happen and a lot of communication has to start happening. Um, 
but hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll follow, we'll follow um, in the footsteps of other things that we've, you know, we've managed to overcome and um, yeah, come together again. Absolutely. I think that's well said. And we forget, I mean, because it was before yours and my time, we're about the same age, 25, 26. And, <laughs> and, but I mean, World War II, World War One, depression. I mean, this country has been through tough things before and, uh, and we've come back. So hopefully, I, I mean, I think, I know we can come back from this. It's just, what are we going to look like when we do? I want to thank you for tuning in. All music and sound effects for the podcast come from WeVideo and Speechello, which I use along with Twisted Wave to produce this show. This has been a presentation of the Media Broadcasting and Journalism Pathway at West Warwick High School. If you're a student interested in learning more about radio, TV, and journalism, then you can get in touch with me, Mr. White, at ewhite at www-ps.com. More information about the pathway is also below on the YouTube version of this show. The pathway and shows like this are not possible without sponsor support. Part of being a sponsor is that you and or your business can get exposure on this and other pathway broadcasts. Funding goes toward the purchase of new equipment, student scholarships, and professional development. You can find more information on sponsorships, which are tax-deductible, by the way, at the bottom of the YouTube version of this podcast. And a big thank you again to Gold Star Retirement and Insurance and the Arctic Playhouse for their continued support of the show and Pathway. We'll see you back here soon. Till then, stay safe, stay informed, and stay off of your computers for as much time as you can.